live for the 63rd episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And tonight, it's the big three again. It's me, Andrew, and G. How we doing, boys? What's up? Well, you know, two and one, that's what's up. Yeah, I was about to say, really can't complain. First series of the year, first series victory of the year, right? That's all you could ask for at the end of the day. You go two and one in every series, you win every series, you're going to be sitting pretty. Um, not going to lie, wasn't exactly stress-free, right? We, we, there was some, definitely some frustration in those three games. Um, I mean, for, before we even get to that, I just... I mean, it was so great to have baseball back. I mean, I, I can't remember a weekend where I watched as many baseball games as I did this weekend. Like, I was literally watching, like, the Yankee game would end, and I'm like, oh, wow, Braves, Mets are on. Oh, wow, the Dodgers are playing. Like, I was just watching every game. It was so great to have. I mean, there's been sports, you know, like NASCAR, golf, UFC. There's been some sports back for a couple of months, but just having team sports back, like MLB, we got NBA coming back Thursday, it was just, it was great i mean i was those, so what a great weekend big three or four sports always could give you a different feeling yeah yeah absolutely you know because you know like i love like i love watching fights you know golf I, as much as the next guy but those are kind of secondary sports right we have our main three four leagues in america mlb nba nfl and nhl and hey mlb was the first league despite all the negotiation issues mlb was the first league to officially return amongst those four so it's good and like i said yankees 2-1 series victory, right? Well, they win the opener Friday with Cole on the mound. Shitty game Saturday, lose by seven. And then they redeem themselves on Sunday after looking dead for most of the game. And they pulled one out, right? First comeback win of the year. But guys, how are we feeling? How, how are we doing? A lot better now because of how the last three innings uh, of today's game went. I mean, yeah, shit, around it, it, was o'clock, it was looking dim. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. I mean, credit to, to Patrick Corbin. Uh, obviously, <laughs> he's a phenomenal pitcher. But, I mean, you saw what they what they did against Eric Fetty and, and a rash of bullpen guys on Saturday. And then to get blanked again, I mean, Corbin carried a, what a perfect game into the fourth inning. I think, and then didn't allow another hit until Glaber came up a second time in what the sixth or seventh when he hit the home run. I, it was bad, right? I mean, like we were, <laughs> we had absolutely nothing going for us. We were just, we were getting so unlucky. Like there was one inning where the Nationals legitimately made three nice plays in the field, right? And it was just like, all right, when that happens, you're kind of just saying to yourself, I don't think it's our day. Uh, this just isn't looking too good. Oh, I definitely said that to myself because they, they had a <laughs> bunch of balls that, that I found holes. Judge hit a couple balls hard. Um, Boyd hit a ball hard. I think right at Cabrera. It seemed like every time that we were able to square up Corbin, it was right at a fielder. So it was just one of those like, well, this is it. We're not going to win today. It's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, the game yesterday, you know, fucking sucked. Like, that was brutal. I think especially because it was not even only because of Paxton. That obviously sucked. But, like, Fetty, they were starting to get to him. They just narrowly missed getting to him. And then, you know, they made the pitching changes. And uh, the Yankees' bullpen couldn't hold him in it. You know, Paxton, I don't know what the fuck that was all about. I guess we'll see with the velocity and, you know, the arm angles and whatever the cause might be of that. But I think... It was kind of a weird series. The Nationals had their issues with Strasburg. Like he didn't, he didn't pitch, and then Fetty pitched. And the offense, there was a lot of the offense that for two and a half games really didn't do much of anything. But they still got two wins out of it. So I feel like they could be used as like an early season wake up moment. Like, hey, you know what? The season actually started now. We need to like kind of lock in and get hits because we're not just playing meaningless exhibition games anymore yeah and later in the year we're gonna we're gonna forget about that second game because because it got away from us and it was really ugly at the end but LeMayu came up with the bases loaded at one point with us down three to two I mean that was it that was the moment right there where we take the lead we don't turn to guys like Holder and Heller and David Hale and Luis Avalon right we're going to our top guys who pitched again today if they carry a lead at that point so and that was a huge momentum swing. And then, of course, I think the very next inning, Robles hit the two-run home run off the foul pole. And it was just – it was a huge backbreaker to be on the cusp of coming back from from down 3-0 early to falling just that little bit short and then just immediately um, Washington starting to pull away. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's go through the games in order, right, starting with the opener, right? Thursday night, first game of the season – uh, Dr. Fauci threw out the first pitch, didn't exactly go as planned. 
That made for, made for some great memes. Um, did but, he hit the left-handed batter's box, or did he yeah, miss that even? Uh, that day, I think it may have been short. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, he's an old man. He did go from the mound. Say, you always have to he say tried. He's like pitch. 80 years old. So. Like, I, like, that's my number one rule with first pitches. I'll always give people credit for if they throw from the mound, and even if it is bad, like, oh, at least they didn't, like, go, like, halfway down. You know, you got to go from at least close to the mound. But anyways, Garrett Cole first Max Scherzer to start the year. Can't get a better pitching matchup than that. And our guy Garrett was on the right side of it, right? The game started off in the first inning with one of two moonshots by Giancarlo Stanton, 459 feet, scored judge, gave the Yanks an early lead. Uh, Adam Eaton, he hit a dinger in the bottom of the first off Cole, but that was literally the only hit the Nationals got off Cole in five innings of work. Uh, you know, Cole, I really didn't even think he, like, he had his stuff, which is crazy. Like, I was watching him, and he wasn't – I wouldn't say he was on point, but he still somehow managed to go five innings, one hit, one run, one walk, five strikeouts on 75 pitches. Like, that's the sign of just an absolute ace. When the guy doesn't even have his best stuff, he doesn't even have his ace stuff, and he still turns in an outing like that. And he probably would have went a sixth inning if the game didn't get short into rain. He's probably you know, going – I mean, he's going seven innings anyway. Like, I think that just is um... – a testament like you've heard people say it a lot even before he pitched the first game like he's just so meticulous and methodical he's so in tune with what his body is doing and what his stuff is doing that you can get through an outing where he was clearly fired up and juiced up and not necessarily all correct but he still was damn good enough to get them as far as he got to pitch in the game i really didn't think he had his a stuff i really don't but, no, he definitely didn't. He yeah. was struggling with his command. Um, I, I mean, but maybe he, he had stuff could have been a little sharper. Like one hit by pitch in five innings, right? I think he hit a guy. I mean, that's for having, not having your quote unquote command and, you know, only allowing a walk and a hit by pitch over five innings. Like, that's that's just phenomenal. It really is just no exaggeration. I mean, this guy's one of the best pitchers. Maybe he might go down as the best pitcher most young Yankee fans have ever seen in pinstripes. It's crazy to say because. A lot of these younger Yankee fans don't exactly remember uh, prime Mariano Rivera, right? So, Or, or even prime Cece, right? Or like even prime Cece, Pettit, Clement, you know, the list goes mm-hmm. on. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it is <laughs> really – because, look, I love Seve, and Seve a few years ago, was, he had an awesome year. I mean, it really – it happened to me at least three, four times Thursday night where I'm just like, this guy's on our team. This guy, this we, have, we have one of these unstoppable pitchers who, when he's in a groove, which is literally like almost every other time the guy goes out, well, shit, let's just get this guy's pitch count out and get, get the bullpen. Because that's like, it's really, like that's all we were thinking. When Corbin was dealing with it, that's all you could think as a team and as a fan. Like, just get this guy's pitch count up. Let's get to the bullpen, especially a team like the Nationals, who legitimately had the worst bullpen in baseball, one of the worst bullpens in baseball last year. It was and, the worst. Yeah, by area it was the worst bullpen. They still won the World Series, which is incredible. But yeah, I mean, it really just can't, it can't get over just how great it is having Garrett Cole, and we're gonna get to see him again Tuesday. So life's good. But I mean, Stanton in this game, just what a way to come out for him, right? I mean, he had not just a home run; he also had an RBI single, scored the Yankees' fourth run. The Yankees were about actually when the game got rained out, it was the top of the six, and they had runners on the corners with, I think, our shell up and one out. So they were about to score more, and Scherzer was still in. So they did a pretty good job off Scherzer. Despite, I think she had 11 strikeouts, that, you know, Scherzer's going to Scherzer. But yeah, they did pretty good off one of the best pitchers in baseball, and which which makes Saturday almost make no sense when Eric Fetty was on the mound, and they were having a bit tougher of time. But that's baseball, Susan, right? It almost makes you wonder if, if they had a game plan. You know, they were ready for... For Strasburg, Strasburg yeah. and, and then I mean, I don't think Fetty is by any means a soft throw, but he's not Steven Strasburg. He doesn't have you know, his overpowering curveball. He doesn't have a 98 mile power fastball, uh, and so maybe just that they they prepped and they looked at a different film that that kind of threw him off. Maybe, but I don't know. What an idiot I am! When I heard that news about Strasburg before the game, you know, and I wasn't happy he was injured. You know, I was like, oh man, that sucks for him. But I'm like, wow, should be a much easier game, right, without Strasburg on the mound. Not the case. Not the case I mean, at all. Also, that whole outcome where Strasburg doesn't pitch, we, we would be in a better position. We would have been, still been in a better position if our starter didn't lay a fucking egg. But, I mean, 
Yeah, that, yep. yeah, good, yeah, good transition, G, because that's, that's I think, probably like the story of this game. You know, James Paxton comes out, his velo's way down. He's sitting around like 92, 93, and he gets cold in the second after getting only three out. I mean, he was just, I mean, he was bad. And I think, I think Jack Curry comes out and says, after he said, oh, they, you know, his they knew his velo was down. And I don't know, in that case, why even send him out there? Right, uh, if his if you knew his velo was that down, yeah. Unless you thought he could be creative with his off speed stuff and like maybe find a way to get outs without velocity, but I mean, if if you knew yeah. that he was gonna have enough, I mean, his stuff was flat too, right? I mean, velocity is one flat. thing, but if his if his off speed stuff isn't sharp, then that's a whole other issue. Yeah, and I think G was the one that posted it in the group. How his arm angle was just way different, you know, and yep. that could be just something that could be a simple fix, right? That shouldn't be that big of a deal, but. I mean, yeah, you man, see that, that kind of thing a lot when pitchers start the season and just have his velo down three, four miles per hour below what it usually is. It's well, not what you say. Pitchers like when you're getting on the side of it rather than getting over the top of it, and it just kind of fucking hangs there, like because there's no movement. Like you said, there's no he couldn't get anyone out. He would just get to two strikes and just fuck around with them and not be able to do anything with them, and they just ate him alive eventually. And this is why we brought in Matt Blake, right? Um to be able to diagnose things like this and perfect you know, issues with, with gas mechanics and whatnot. So it, it'll be really telling the next time he takes, uh, he takes the man for start. I don't think his velocity would be you know any more than a mile or two better, but um, if, if his arm angle is a little better, if he looks like he's in more, more of control, I mean, like what, what's best case scenario? I mean, I, do we expect Paxton the next time he starts to go out and go five innings or are we going to be happy with three or four innings because it's better than what he yeah. did yesterday i know it's just got to be a progression right i don't even care yep. like we're expecting the yankees to make the playoffs so i don't care that he goes out and is throwing 97 next time he just the season's so short that at this point it's just like just do whatever you need to do to start to get ready for the playoffs yeah but even so i mean when, when you have as many teams making the playoffs as there will be i mean even if, I, I i again it affects who you end up playing if your seating drops a little bit, but as long as he's right by by October, that's all we really care about. The team will yeah. win enough games on their own. Yeah, that's something that I think all of us as Yankee fans kind of just have to remember this year. It's, we're, they're going to make the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs, so it will just be like the biggest colossal failure of all time. You know, the the top two teams, like they at least besides the Yankees and Rays, like I think we saw, as we saw this weekend, the Red Sox just lost their opening series to the O's. They're, I, I don't think they're going to have a good year. No, and I haven't been as low on the Red Sox as most, but yeah, they at least there's like a 95% chance the top two teams are going to be the Yankees and Rays, right? It's just almost <laughs> a given at this point. It'd be very surprising if it wasn't. But other notes about this game: uh, Michael King came in after Paxton, uh, came out okay, and then he started getting ripped. But gotta expect it. Holder came in it was an overall, you know, acceptable first outing. Yeah, you know, I can't get too mad at the kid. We saw Hale, Heller, Avalon, you know, just. It, it always sucks when you you know you have a bullpen game the next day, and it's like, oh, wow, our starter got us three outs. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was the B squad, the yeah. B squad relievers. Yeah, Which, in hindsight, I mean, I was teams. kind of pretty, pretty bummed about that last night. Like, the game was 3-2 at one point, and I get, mm-hmm. you know, King had only gotten, I think, an inning and two-thirds or two innings or whatnot at the point when, when it was still 3-2, to two, and you got to get more length out of him, and then you get the two home run, and it started – to fall apart at that point, but even so, you know, you always wonder, Boone, like, what are you doing? Like, why not go to some of your better arms? Why let the game get away? I mean, the offense ended up never scoring, so it didn't make a difference. But in the moment, I mean, if you feel like you're closer, maybe things are different. But because he managed Saturday the way he did, all the arms were fresh and ready to go today. We've complained about it with Boone in the past. How there's times when it's Yankees are down four two in the sixth or seventh, and he kind of just puts out Hale or puts out a Heller or whoever, and the game gets away. And you say, well, why didn't you bring in one of the better relievers? And you know he's just trying to balance it. Like, well, if I brought in that better reliever on Saturday, he wouldn't be available Sunday. So I, you have to balance things out. It's you, you got to understand where Boone's coming from. Sunday's game, or do we have anything else about Saturday? Probably not, right? Saturday was a bad game. Just the uh, Stanton home run that went to the moon. Yeah, uh, that was the second moon shot. It, it was so funny. At first, Fox announced it as like 418 feet or some shit. We're like, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, and then they break. come out and correct it to 483 feet. Okay, that that seems right. That That's the correct number. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, he's ready to go, man. He's absolutely ready to go. 
like more on video, but he definitely is. It's it kind of remarkable how different, how lean he looks. Like maybe it was just like he was. I thought I was like, shit, his jersey looks really baggy. Like I don't know. It was just he's just ready to go. I mean, he had a bunch of strikeouts too, but like I don't care if he's gonna hit 480 foot bombs. Like that's totally fine. Power hitter strikeout. Yes, they do. Sunday's game, today's game. Like we said, start of the show. It started out really shitty. It's, the pitching matchup was uh, obviously it was a you know bullpen day for the Yankees, pretty much. Uh, Patrick Corbin versus Johnny Lasagna. Yeah, Johnny Lasagna did a good job. He let up the uh, solo shot in the third, but overall, three innings, one run, did his job. But man, Patrick Corbin was just on point. I mean, you want to talk first time through lineup, nine up, nine down. Um, second time through the lineup, I think only Glaber got a hit off him. And then obviously Glaber hits the solo home run off him in the sixth to make it a 2-1 game. Then for reasons that, uh, you know, we were talking about this before the pod, they bring in uh, Doolittle, and that's not ideal. Voight goes deep. Um, that was off Will Harris. Oh, you're right. That was off Will Harris. They brought Then then they brought in Doolittle when it's a 2-2 game, which is even more, like, just, like right away. I saw it because I was watching the Nationals broadcast since the yeah, you know, guest broadcast was having some uh, – audio issues just say and yeah like i just see doolittle like warming up man like they really gonna bring in doolittle and like if it's like a 2-2 game because this was like right after the void homer and they did and it it just didn't work out for him because the yankees took the lead off of glaber torres rbi single uh, glaber day and man guys can we just talk i think for me the story of this game other than obviously the two big home runs by uh glaber and voight to get us back in it that back three of the bullpen, even without check, I don't want to, like, Ottavino didn't look that great, so I won't throw him in there, but Green, Canely, and Britton just all looked phenomenal. I mean, they really, for their, all their, that, that was all their first outings of the year, I and mean, they were all great. Canely's changeup, oh my god. I mean, I don't think I've seen it look that nasty. He was just making guys look foolish with that pitch. And then, and especially with Canely, he gets the first out of the inning. Then, Glaber makes the error and then lets up a hit. He's got first or he's got second and third, one out with a one run game, and he just gets two huge strikeouts. And that was that was really the biggest moment of the game. I mean, that was huge, man. Just keep could have base hit right there. It's four three Nationals lead, and he really stepped up. And man, I, I love me some Tommy Canley. Uh, that was awesome. And then Britton comes in, obviously gets a save because Chapman's still on the COVID IL, and. The Yankees, despite losing most of the day and looking dead most of the day, they win the game 3-2. That's what having a great bullpen will do for you, right? And some clutch hitters who hit dingers. But, guys, uh, Andrew, uh, what are your thoughts about this game? Because it's pretty, looking pretty grim early on. The, fluff. <laughs> the, the offense definitely, um, I think, gave us all, or I don't want to say this, gave us strokes, but certainly boiled our blood a little bit. <laughs> Early yeah, on, raised our, raised our blood pressure a bit. You know? But but for sure, late in the game, I mean, you look at how good Green, Canely, and, and Britain looked. But I mean, they they had to battle through some stuff too. I mean, there was errors, there was bang bang plays that mm-hmm. you know could have gone one way on review and didn't. Um, I think both Canely and Britain um, ended up intentionally walking Howie Kendrick. Right, he got intentionally walked his last two times in the game because they just didn't want to face him. Bro, they just. They... The Yankees were just watching World Series highlights or play, 2019 playoff highlights. They're like, yeah, Howie Kendrick's their best hitter. Fucking walk this guy. <laughs> we're not coming <laughs> near him, yeah. Like, bro, we watched the World Series, bro. We're not doing this. Right. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's where the starters are, right? You have um, what Glaber did um, with, with the first run coming in uh, via the home run and then the go-ahead single that ended up being the winning run uh, and then the, the back three in the, bull, in the bullpen. Um, that That's really... Uh, what was the highlights of today? Yeah, I mean, last night's game really fucking sucked. Like, that was just a horrible game to watch. It was, you know, they were hitting balls hard right at guys. Like, they were, they made errors. Like, they, they, the Nationals, like, you know, just score one run here, one run there, and the game slowly, like, slipped away. It was just super frustrating. So this game was, like... More of that, really, for starters. You know, Corbin was dominating them, and then to have... The bullpen day, like Johnny Lasagna came out and was throwing gas, like pitched pretty well, and then you had it just like one guy after the other, and they stayed in it, which they didn't do the night before, long enough for 
you know, the bats to finally, you know, like Glaber really didn't do much until today. He had three hits, had three of their five hits. Like Boyd hit the home run. Like they just finally were able to do some stuff. And people say like, oh, it, hitters will be on edge until you finally see the first ball hit some grass. And then you're, you know, on your way. So I feel like there was a few moments like that for the team where they could be like, all right, take a deep breath. And we won a game that maybe we shouldn't have. And now we can go on and just play baseball. Yeah, I'm ready for the offense to finally just put together some uh, some strong at bats. Uh, you know, tough pitch or not, doesn't really matter. Because um, we, we haven't really gotten a, a lot of that in three in the three games. Like Stanton came out and hit a two and a home run first inning, uh, the first game. Saturday's game was, was just a little weird. I mean, they, they did get two runs, but it never really seemed like they, they were doing much of anything. And then today they were walking zombies until uh, late in the game when they got two home runs to tie it up and then staged a rally that I want to see more of. Leadoff walk from Hicks, and you had the single by, uh, it was LeMahieu, right? And then mm-hmm. and then Glaber driving him in. But, I mean, that's what, that's what we want to see more of. Right? The, the home runs are awesome, and, and they're going to come. But... <laughs> Some of the, those at bats earlier in the day today, and even last night when, when they were when they were behind by you know, four or five runs, um, look look pretty bad um, and and lazy and rusty early in the year. So I'm ready to see them shake that rust off. Yeah, absolutely. Until you mentioned it, I almost completely forgot the Nationals had four errors in the first few innings uh, in the Saturday night's game. That was and the Yankees were still losing. That was incredible. But yeah, no, Andrew, you're absolutely right because. Like overall, like I get, like I get, the Nationals are a pretty good pitching team, especially when like half the almost half the innings you pitching you face was Corbin Scherzer, two of the best pitchers in the game. So you know it's understandable that you're gonna have some bad at bats and just not look good. But yeah, it, there were just at times this week. I mean, Gary was 0 for 8 this weekend with five strikeouts. Voit before that home run was 0 for 9 with five strikeouts. Uh. Judge this weekend was after having the good opening night. Overall, is two for twelve with four strikeouts. Like, look, first series of the year, but you don't want to overreact. This see, it's this, this season's so different from any other season where it's not like oh, it's only a few games. It's not really only a few games. Like this is <laughs> like these, these we're one twentieth through the season. Right? Yeah, man, this is it's almost like we've played ten games at this point, right? Uh, you don't have that time, but yeah, man. Uh, this, like, I get this team's always going to strike out a lot, especially, like I said, with the pitches we were facing this weekend. But, yeah, man, they really do need to, like, not play more small ball, but – and I I was going to say they need more guys like LeMahieu, but who the hell doesn't, right? Those guys don't grow on trees. But it is frustrating because they're – look, when you have a team full of guys like Stanton and Judge and Voight and guys who just, you know, have dingers on their mind, like, you're going to get some games where there's just awful at-bats, swinging at pitches in the dirt it's it's going to look rough sometimes but yeah i think look the team they're playing you know we're going to do a series preview at the end of the show the team they're playing next the phillies just allowed 11 runs to the marlins today and most of that was their bullpen like the phillies bullpen is very bad so i think it might be a bit easier to hit against the phillies than the uh the nationals but guys any uh any final thoughts about this series before we do our player of the series they won the series, and that's all you I got, mean, that, right? They, they that, stole they a game that you know to win the series, and sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll start off with my uh, player of the series. I'm going to go with Stanton. By far, had the best statistical numbers. It was four for nine, two dingers, four RBIs, eleven total bases. Uh, just man, he's just looks like he's seeing the ball. Real seems like he's seeing the ball really well. Like G said earlier, looks like he's slimmed down a bit. Maybe he realized that he hasn't. He doesn't need to put such an emphasis on heavy weightlifting and all this shit and getting a bit leaner actually helps with power, right? It helps with swing speed, bat speed. So, yeah, Sands, my uh, player of the weekend. Or player of the series, I should say, not player of the weekend. Oh, the weekend. <laughs> I mean, it was the weekend, but, you know, I mean, Thursday. You get, you get what I'm saying. Come on. Right. Oh, gee. Uh, for, yeah, so player, I guess pitched once. I'm going to go with Chad Green because I know there's another player that's going to get named and I'll step on anyone, but I'll go with Chad Green because he pitched at like really the key moment in the game to keep them in the game and got the win today. Chad Green mm-hmm. um, pitched two clean innings, two strikeouts and that was right in those middle innings, those key innings where they would finally get on the board and score runs and um, 
Chad Green was he was throwing hard, you know, threw some nice fastballs down in the zone, especially one to get a ground out to get out of the inning, really looking pretty strong. And uh, Chad Green, we only saw really in an opener role last year. So if he's going to be able to be more available and pitch like that in any any other situation, then it's a good a good thing for the Yankees. And he pitched really well today. Yeah. Who, what, what was the at-bat the at where Chad Green literally was just painting balls on the outside corner? It was a lefty for the Nationals. Was like he was, I, Yeah, it was. It was like, Man, like Thames was just looking at himself like, are you guys kidding me? This guy's painting 96 on the corner. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, Chad, that's a good pick for you because Chad, that really was big. He, you know, anytime reliever gives you two scoreless innings in a game like that, it's huge. Boone was about, Boone sent Otto out for the second inning, and I think we all kind of said, uh-oh. Second inning auto, that's not good. And obviously, lets up the first base around the inning and he got taken out. But, yeah, Chad Green definitely was huge for us in that game. Andrew, I think I know who you're picking, but who's your player of the, the series? She kind of paved the way to it. Yeah. But uh, considering what we saw from, from Paxton Saturday uh, and the fact that we had a bullpen day today, you got to go with you got to give some love to Garrett Cole, right? I mean, it went out and what a debut. Um, yes, it was, it was a range-shortened complete game, but a complete game one-hitter. Um, the one hit just being the, the sole home run to uh, Adamine. And I remember we were talking about this during the summer camp games when he opened a home run to what, Andujar and Talkman, maybe someone. Ford, I, don't, I don't remember. I think wasn't it or no, I didn't. Mike Ford, yeah. And, and <laughs> Yankees Twitter was melting. I'm like, oh, why are we giving up? <laughs> like this guy giving him thirty six million dollars, giving up home mm-hmm. runs. I was like, just relax. You have twenty nine home runs last year and nah, still had man, a two point five here. Right? Like it's okay. He limits the damage to solo mm-hmm. home runs. That's what he does, right? Um, he looked awesome. I was so so excited to finally see him on the mound in a meaningful game. And like you said earlier on, he didn't have his best stuff. He could be so much better than he already was in that game, and that is so exciting. Yeah, I mean, he was outspoken about how fucking excited he was. So, I mean, we've seen it before, right? Pitchers get all jazzed up. Not to say, like, Severino, it's kind of a different scenario, but that's the thing that Yankee fans go through. Reason remember, you're like, oh, he was so fired up that he just couldn't control where the ball is going. Like, Cole could control where the ball is going, just not as good as he usually could. And that was even said after the game again. He was just so, so excited. Yeah, I remember my old coach used to say, the sign of a great pitcher is knowing how to pitch and knowing how to have a good outing when you don't have your best stuff. Because, you know, if you're a good pitcher and you have, you're have you feeling it, anybody could, you know, you could go out there and shut it down, right, if you're a good pitcher, easy. But the days where you're not feeling good, where you're a little stiff, where you're just, you don't feel yourself, those are the, that's what makes a great pitcher. And I think Cole showed us Thursday night that he's got that, right? That's why we pay him the big bucks. Since we've been, like, positive for the past 10 minutes, we're going to do what pissed us off this weekend? Or for Andrew's case, what didn't piss us off, you know? So, um, I'll start. And this isn't, like, I'm not mad at yes for this, but the audio issues in Sunday's game, especially early on, it's just really bad. And I, look, I get this is a new experience for everyone. Everyone's just in different places. You, people working from home. It's just the technical stuff just isn't coming as easy. I get it, but... Man, that was brutal to listen to early on. Like there was a the double sound of a pitch, and then like the stadium noise, like there you know the pumped and crowd noise kept cutting in and out. Then just for like an inning or so, you just weren't hearing the ball pop at all. And then like the double sound, they they fixed it by like the fourth or fifth inning. But I did switch over to the Nationals broadcast because I was just like, yeah, this is just not ideal. But I mean, it really just just shows you a lot. I've watched a lot of broadcasts uh, this past weekend, a lot of different games and most you know most booths are having trouble especially the the booths that are on the road and aren't at the stadium it's difficult you know you don't people interrupting each other not knowing when to talk someone have, will have like connection issues it's tough so i understand but like i'm not gonna sit here and lie. that was pretty brutal to listen to early on i mean so many people on twitter were complaining about it and it didn't help that the Yankees literally during that whole time were just getting shut down by Corbin. So it just added, it just poured salt in the wound. But yeah, I'd say that's what that's what pissed me off this weekend. But they did fix it, so I'll give them that. Um, I guess I'm going to... <laughs> yeah, Andrew, the stage um, is yours, Andrew. The show might run for like two hours right here. Voight did redeem himself, so I'm not going to put him in this list. But <laughs> Gary and Brett Gardner... Going up there yeah. and throwing up offers. They looked 
terrible. Gardner made that that really rough play in the field. The Guardy um, haters were out in full force this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't help that we sent down Clint Frazier. I know he'll be back up in like a week in all likelihood. I, I don't exactly know what the rule is um, with the, the 30 men rosters. Typically, if you got sent down to AAA, you had to wait two weeks, right? I don't know if that still applies this season. But, you know, the fact that he went out there and, and looked pathetic, all the all the Clint stands were <laughs> were in an uproar. But Gary Garner did, did not look good. And I forget who said it earlier on the show, but when, when Gary looks bad, he looks awful like he's like ugly yeah. abs yeah, like when, Ga- when gary's in a slump he li- if you were watching the game with someone who really didn't like know the players but knew baseball and they were watching gary in a cold slump they'd be like this, guy this is the worst baseball, baseball player i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> like honestly exactly you know, what the fuck's this guy doing up there this guy yeah. just walking like a three-two pitch that bounced in front of the plate like well, what's he doing and it's like yeah, oh, it- he's good trust me he, he hits dingers and he, he has a gun behind the plate like he's good yeah, so for um, me, it was just the, the, the bunch of offers that, that all these guys carried, right? I mean, Voight, mm-hmm. you said, was, was it over 9 before he hit the home run. Even Glaber was over in the first two games before he had a really big day today. And, and it's one thing to lose. I mean, if you go out, you face a good, uh, a good opposing starter, and you get something going, but the other team outscores you, whatever, fine, you deal with it, right? But the way they were going to have – they were going to potentially lose two games in a row, it was just ugly – and brutal and that's the kind of games that really boil my blood right so seeing those guys go up there and have like no idea what to do in that bat they had like no approach they're just swinging for the fences that looked really bad but they did turn around thankfully at the end of the day and set some momentum moving forward yeah the uh the talkman talkman should play over guardy takes were just right away the second game they're yeah. f guardy i'm done, <laughs> I'm done with the so the guy has seven at bats as i said you're just giving up on him on the whole year Dude, literally it's... set like nine innings into the season and yeah, no, yeah, exactly. i was saying like fucking andrew Hart should play left field i'm like yeah because he wouldn't have even remotely made it close to the ball that gardner now had glance off his glove like guys now that i'm thinking about it did andrew even get a ball hit to him sunday i don't think he did I don't think so. I don't think yeah. he did. I'm just probably for the best. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think he made it. Like, I don't think he literally touched the ball in left field. Oh, that, that's funny how that works, right? And then oh, yeah, but... eventually, balls did go to left when when they put in Gardner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh man. Um. But yeah, already a few guys. Like we said earlier, a few guys definitely had some rough weekends. Uh, hopefully they could uh, figure that out. Gee, what pissed you off this weekend? Yeah. I'll tip my well, we just talked about Guardian. I was definitely going to say, no, I'm not going to touch that one. Okay, I will tip my hat to Andrew because I was going to say something about the quality of the at-bats in a lot of cases was very bad and annoying to watch guys taking just like Mark Teixeira-esque uppercuts like they were swinging a tree trunk just trying to hit balls out of the stadium like was really, really fucking annoying. So hopefully they settle in and get all that shit out of the way. I'll just say like... It's a low-hanging fruit, I guess, but I'll say James Paxton because it's odd circumstances and not everyone's like a maniacal workaholic like Garrett Cole, but dude, really? You, to get not even one out in the second inning of your first start is really, really fucking annoying. You know, if, if he's, his arm slot is bad or if his back, you know, messed up his process or whatever it is, like if he's still working through all that, then, then I'm wrong. But like that was just a really piss poor performance and it's a super super like disappointing because at times like even in the playoff game against Houston last year you know pumping 97 like was the best pitcher on the team for like big stretches of last season and that was just a really really irritating thing to watch because it was just you just couldn't get anyone out yeah and you actually remind me of something let me grab a uh an honorable mention here what pissed me off this weekend um I don't want to get too much into the politics behind it and whatnot, but a, a lot of those post-game questions that that the Yankees had to face yet uh, on Saturday night because Stanton and Hicks kneeled, that that was just so aggravating, just one after another. And they're asking the same question, trying to bait them into giving a different response. And credit to the Yankees, none of them bent. I mean, even a couple of them got questions about the president, and they just rolled past it and didn't get him anything. That was awesome. But because, Jay, you mentioned Paxton, I think it was George King of the New York Post, Literally, Paxton's about to leave the Zoom room, right? And then they're like, oh, wait, we got one more. And he says to him, 
uh, James, are, do you feel bad that you weren't able to get an out in in the second inning of your first start of the year? And it's like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, no, he's, no, I feel he's great. absolutely thrilled that he pitched like <laughs> shit and let his whole team down. Like, what kind of question is that? That was, oh my god! And and no, ever but- we had to watch that shit game to just hear these questions. I just, oh my god. <laughs> uh, you know, Andrew, I'm glad you mentioned that because really, man, between uh, like so many things about that pissed me off. Whoever wants to kneel, whoever they have the right to do that. It's called freedom of speech. Like you don't have to agree with it, but you do have to respect someone's freedom of speech, right? And exactly. after the game, it was just like every question. The, the thing that got me is like these were the Yankees beat. They were asking guys who didn't kneel, like, why didn't you kneel? Did, were, did you feel like you were leaving your teammates out to dry? I'm like, wait, what? Well, what kind People of asking Boone, like, did you know they were going to do it? Like, yeah, like did, what, did, did it create um, issues in the locker room? And it's like, well, what if, even if it did, what, is he going to just sell his guys out? Like, what are you, are you like, kidding me? Why are you teams, asking these questions? The it's teams, man. you know, you've seen it all around the game now. Teams are tweeting in support of their players, like, you know, and some players have even, you know, another team say, like, I'm not going to do it or maybe I don't believe in it or whatever. Like, it is what it is. Obviously, it's not going to be something that, like, every team – supports but the Yankees have a strong enough organizational culture and hierarchy that you know they'll deal with it I think Aaron Boone has a good strong relationship with all the players and you and know he even said today before right, game one that like, he would support his players no matter what they did yeah like and you know they were out on the field they decided to do it today they weren't on the field it just depends on where they are in their pregame work and rituals like they were they were on the field yesterday they knelt because they wanted to do it it's what they believe in they weren't on the field today so they didn't do it it's not an issue today but the Yankees have a strong enough organizational situation that I think if there was any issues arise from it that they would deal with it and the media didn't really ask like they could have asked stronger questions if they were trying to get Right. And that's know, the thing, right? They're, they're they're trying to get like like you said, they're just going for the low-hanging fruit. I get these questions. guys get paid per clicks. But right, but they, they they wanted to they wanted to set up the player to say something flamboyant or or something that's yeah. gonna piss people off, what something controversial, whatever it may be. And it's like be better at your job, right? I mean, I get you're paid to to get clicks, but unless your your editors are telling you like you need to ask these questions, we want these stories in the paper tomorrow, like just have some human decency. If you're going to ask that time, question, craft it better. Like for the longest time, people have said like, oh, athletes, you never get anything more than like generic, bland statements. Like we're in a, a Can time you blame them? now. No, I mean, certainly not. Like we're in a time now, though, where athletes are more outspoken and free with their feelings than ever. I know these, you know, the media, the reporters, the beat writers are all like, educated, creative people, you can come up with a better question than how do you feel about blank? Because that's just a nothing question. Like, it's not even a real question. Like, like your teammates kneeled. Why'd you leave them? Out? How do you feel about hitting a home run? Good. I feel it's good. It's like, do you feel like, bad? Hey, James, you pitched like shit. How do you feel? Runs? So you were the only one that hit a home run and your, your other teammates didn't. Do you feel bad? It's, uh, <laughs> no, but you know, something else that got me on the other side, you know, all the Yankees, obviously, you know, they were in the Black Lives Matter shirt. I get people's complaints, uh, like the deep, like, I get it. At the end of the day, people are like, oh, I'm, I'm never watching a Yankee game again. This is a disgrace. This, they hate the police and all this stuff. And I'm like, yo, what? No other team in professional sports does more for the police and veterans than the Yankees. The Yankees honor a veteran every seventh inning stretch at Yankee Stadium. Every like, what game. Guys, like, what do you guys talk? Oh, but this is just bro. Like, the, like no team in all of sports is better towards cops and veterans and are, are the people who serve us than the Yankees. So like that whole argument, just I'm, like yeah, I'm never watching a Yankee game. Like really, man. Like if, if you actually feel like that, then please don't watch the Yankees because well, you're actually maybe to, to segue us off the topic on a more lighthearted note. I laugh when people say. Oh well, I was a fan for thirty years, and now you did this, and I'm not going to watch anymore. I'm like George would never do this. It's like like oh, yeah, you. like all right. I'm like okay, so you've been a fan for mostly or a huge portion of your life, and because you know the players are standing up for something that they believe in, and you know using their platform to hopefully improve situations of their friends or the teammates or whoever, and that makes you mad, and now you're going to give up something that you have been involved with or watched or has brought you joy or whatever for such a huge portion of your life like who are you really punishing are you punishing you're hurting Yankees? yourself exactly like, are you, who you who do you think you're you're getting one over on because you could be like hey it's a saturday afternoon in july well i'm not gonna watch the yankees because 
I'm not going to do that anymore. So I'll just sit here. Like, I just think it's funny because people really think they're punishing. Like, there's like how you're losing there's, me as a fan. Yeah, like there's millions <laughs> more people who will buy the tickets, who will buy the hat. I was at a World not, Series in 1978. You, you exactly. need me as a fan forever. Uh, yeah, you just, are not really... punishing the Yankees when you do that. Exactly. You're just pulling. Our players weren't even born when you were when you were going. To it's games it's like, an like, incredible, <laughs> incredible self own when people do that, and I always laugh. Yeah, now just to wrap this up, but it really, it's like we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different beliefs. It's just respect people, man. Just respect what people believe in. Just respect what people are trying to stand up for. It's not that hard, man. Like, really, like I always say, like, you don't have to, like, freedom of speech is all because people will say, like, oh, well, because when guys kneel during the anthem, it's like, oh, people died for them. Like, look, I get that. Like, I, I have a lot of family who's, you know, who's, who's served this country. I get it. But they, you know, it's also those people fought for, for those guys' right to be able to kneel and to be able to peacefully protest. Like, that's a part of it. It's like there's an other side of freedom of speech that people always just leave out. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Andrew, because that's really something that just just wasn't right. And, you know, credit to all the guys sticking up for what they believe in. Because really, man, like life's too short to just disagree and just to be mad at things that people who grew up differently from you are doing. You know, it's just ridiculous. Well, on that note, let's go to bullpen trustless. Um, Andrew, start us off. Um, I, I want to include Chapman. Let's talk about them some more. <laughs> <laughs> I want to include Jump Chapman, down. but until he gets back, um, yeah, yeah, he's going to get he's going to get incomplete. Are we doing three or five? I mean, uh, let's do five. Let's make it interesting. Five. Jeez. All right. Well, um, <laughs> Michael King. <laughs> Michael King. No, I don't know if I have five. I mean, a lot of the guys who who pitched today are are you know are, are really the, the the top four guys, right? The 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 four guys who were in the game today, Chapman would, would slide in there somewhere. But I mean, you look at who pitched on Saturday and I don't even know if there's anyone else on the roster who is still, I mean, I, I know that we called up a couple people for, for the game today. Um, what Brooks Kriske and someone else, like we haven't seen them, so they're not included, but um, the guys who pitched on Saturday um, didn't really do much in, in the ways of a wanted to stay on the roster for a long time <laughs> or, or, or be, Give me much trust for them long term. I, I guess I'll throw a guy like Holder as number five if I have to, just yeah. because he's been around and he has some kind of track record. I know he's been up and down the past few years, but um, I'll put him there uh, for Adam Montevino. Um, again, he's still got to prove that he can get back to where he was last year. He did pitch a clean inning, but like you said earlier, his stuff wasn't really as sharp. His slider wasn't moving as much as it was last year. It didn't seem like he was pitching as well as the results kind of. I mean, he. He gave up what an infield single that was almost overturned by replay, and then he got yanked. So I mean, mm-hmm. his box score looks good, but I, I didn't really get much from him today. I guess I'm gonna say Tommy three, Chad Green one, Britain, um, excuse me, Green two, Britain one. I, Tommy, I, I love, but I mean, he's prone to give him up some some home runs here and there. But he he did an awesome job getting out of trouble today. Chad Green was fantastic and i think this is what we expected from him um and and i you know historically when we've done these have always put the closer as long as they're they're doing well doing their job is uh, as the number one spot yeah Solid. I, agree Solid list. I agree with that i'll go let's see i'll go out of eno five actually i'll i'll, I'll do the little addendum I'll just, for now until he pitches i'll just leave chapman at six and then he's probably going to rock it up the list again but i'll, I'll leave him off there because he hasn't pitched yet so mm-hmm. I'll go based strictly on who we've seen pitch. And over the last few days, we saw basically everyone. So out of, you know, five, because, you know, like Andrew said, he got through the inning and it looks like a clean inning on the stat sheet, but like he's improved dramatically since October where he would literally come in for one batter, the batter would get a hit and then he'd immediately take him out. So like he's improved. Can't in even do it anymore. <laughs> he's improved in usability since then, but I don't know. I just, he's, he just, needs to build up the trust a little bit more. He needs to get back to just, you know. Nibbles too much. Yeah, I mean, he's got such nasty stuff. The stuff, it looks like a freaking wiffle ball when he's throwing just to go at people. So he still has to just get back into that mindset and just go after people. And then once he's doing that, he'll, you know, he can move up. But he's at five for now because he still just is a little rickety for me. Um, go Johnny Lasagna at four. And um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, how often he's going to pitch or what role he's going to pitch, but he was throwing gas today he was throwing high 90s you know he threw a nice breaking ball dropped in a change up every now and then like if you got three pitches then 
you're going to be a starter eventually. But he pitched pretty well today, so kudos to him. Um, I go Canely at three and Chad Green at two. Both of them pitched really well. You know, Chad Green, just like I said before, was just really awesome for two straight innings, so kudos to him. And Canely was just that changeup. You already said it, Luigi. The changeup was just dazzling. He threw so many changeups today, and they were just nasty. Um, and Britain at one because closers, you know, generally are the best pitcher in the bullpen. And Britain the, had the cross up with Gary. The ball got away, and he still was able to pitch around, thanks in part to that stupid base running thing. Oh, but, I thought I mean, he was sliding past there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you look uh, yeah. at it, he got five outs today, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what was the um... – I'm trying to think. I know he definitely got obviously the three outs that he recorded, but um, oh, uh, on the play where where Bonifacio got gunned down in third, I swear if you look at that, I mean, yeah, that looked like all four was was strike three. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that should have been the game right there. Um, But there was one other thing. Oh, uh, Glaber made the error to start the inning, which was a simple ground ball. Um, I mean, it was up the middle. He he did range to get there, but a better throw gets him. Uh, Britain, in theory, got like five outs. <laughs> yeah, so kudos to Britain. Really Wasn't the Glaber in the eighth inning, not the ninth? Uh, the mm, They reviewed it, the play that they reviewed. Oh, yeah, you're right. That wasn't an error, I don't think, because the Yankees uh, only had He one skipped error. it in the yeah, third. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Either way. Um, yeah, Britain got extra outs, and the – I mean – like we talked about, you know, the Greens and the Canelys and whoever, but like Zach Britton, man, his sinker is so nasty and he still throws hard. Like, and um, he's going to be that guy. He's going to be the bridge. He's going to be the Dell and Batanza's role, the eighth inning guy. And that sinker is just so nasty. Like, so good. that's really awesome for him. He's going to get a chance to shine a little bit while Chapman's out. Yes, he is. Uh, lasagna five. I, I always, big giant lasagna guy. I love his stuff. Auto four, just gotta stop nibbling. Uh, just guys a nibbler. I don't know what to do. Canely three. Tommy Tommy tight pants man. I mean I, I can't get over that change up. Pitching Ninja tweeted out a little nice compilation of all his changes. A little bit of Canely hype after a strikeout, right? Just guys just always amped up. Love them. Um, I'm gonna go Britain two and Green one because right now I mean the way Chad Green looked, I'm a Ch- I'm a Chad Green stand until the wheels fall off. I love me some Britain, but Chad Green could just return to that like 2016, 2017 Chad Green. Boy, oh boy. I mean, I, I he looked awesome today. Like you said, he was rightfully so the player of the series for G because those two innings, those six outs he got for us were so important, were so vital. So I'm going to go Chad Green one. Well, why not? It's interesting um, that you guys put, um, you both had Luizaga on your list. Um, just because he started today, I didn't even – Think yeah, yeah. I just consi- figured, you know, he's probably going to be mostly coming out of the bullpen, right? With Tanaka missing a star and Gumby not starting yet. Yeah, figured. I think he'll probably play a role similar to like what Adam Warren did in the past. Only, yeah, he's a completely different type of pitcher. That's one of those things about this season that really just any like you could say for Clint Fraser too. Like, it just sucks that there's no minor league baseball because, like Lasagna, if he's got three pitches, he's got the fastball and the curve and the changeup and who knows whatever else but like he's got three pitches he could just be starting in the minors people always get hurt starters get hurt with this or that and he could come up make a spot start like if he's if he's got three pitches i said already he'll eventually be a starter probably for you know something but i don't know it just sucks that there's no minor league baseball because he could be down there you know even working on it more I would not mind at all, though, if the Yankees do their bullpen days, he could do that and leave Chad Green for the rest of the game. What was the year that Chad Green was was getting sent down? Was that last year? I feel like it was longer, but it may have been last year when, when he started. Uh, off you mean when like he was terrible. just like apocalyptically bad every time he got? <laughs> yeah, was that the beginning time. of last season? Yeah, I think so. Time flies, man. They sent him down a couple times, and he eventually mm-hmm. got his shit figured out the end of the year like obviously you saw how boone used him in october but i mean <laughs> his numbers for that year must look ugly yeah um, 2019 yeah it was 2019 i think like a year. four or five era or something right? it's crazy i it just feels like it was it was two years he ago went down and pitched in three games in scranton last year mm-hmm. yep now he's number one on my bullpen trust list right time change some quick news and notes from around the league uh it was reportedly that Verlander was going to be out for the year, but then he said that he's only going to be out for a few weeks with a strain. So, 
That's a new I mean, there. he's got an arm injury, then, you know, who knows? Who the hell knows how long he's going to be out? He's been a pretty durable guy mm-hmm. for his career, but, like, he's old now, so yeah, it's uh, not something you want to fuck around with. No, absolutely not. Um, Otani did not record an out in his first start of the year. Not exactly ideal for him. Um, the Marlins had a few guys test positive for COVID. They're delaying their trip home now. Um, what I'm hearing, being that I have a lot of friends who are Marlins fans, I heard the Marlins have been pretty uh, loose with their protocols, let's just say. And that's what you that's get, smart. right? You got to keep it tight. Like I think Andrew said, it's like, I don't think it's a coincidence that like this the first team to have like you know three or four, more than three two players test positive at the same time during the season was the Marlins, right? <laughs> just... Uh, you gotta you gotta be tight with this, these protocols, man. Shit's not a joke. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna make if you're gonna make about uh, the state of Florida, I mean, I mean, the Rays play there too, and they even had a single guy, right? So, yeah, that's what, that's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. Right. Right? You know? Just out of respect, like obviously for the health of your teammates, but just for the mm-hmm. rest of the league, right? If exactly. you have an outbreak that you know gets from one person to the other, like then you could mess up a lot of shit for a lot of people. But here's what I'm thinking: at this point, why does an MLB move testing to? Once a day, they're doing every other day, and I feel like if you have a guy mm-hmm. come in, get sick, um, or come in, you know, he's able to <laughs> to enter the the facility because he has a pos- a negative test from the day before, but he's positive today, right? And if you, I mean, I don't know, are, are they using the the lab tests that take like a few days? I mean, I know I think they're using both, like the lab tests they're relying on more and they're going by, but they're still using like the daily test. Just to do but, it. That's but the lab I, tests are saliva, right? They're not the the nose swabs. Yeah, the lab tests are saliva tests, I believe. But but even so, like you heard, I think it was what Matt Davidson with the Reds yesterday. Like he he mm-hmm. started, and the next day he was positive. So like, why isn't the whole team positive right now? The whole Reds team, like that's scary. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe just the fact that they're social distancing is is enough, and everyone's wearing masks. I mean, that's scary. But um, you would think I mean, that's at this point you might as well move to testing every day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just hope everything's all right, right? I, th- I think everything will be fine. Like, because so they were talking about like a major outbreak for the Marlins. I thought it was gonna be like half the team. When they, I think it was four guys. Garrett Cooper being one of them, former Yankee great. So you know, obviously I mean, not ideal, enough. but it's this pretty, is gonna, yeah, no, that's you know, definitely you know definitely not ideal. But this is gonna happen. They're being loose with their protocols, then that's just stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's well, that's I've heard I heard that from multiple people. So yeah, not ideal, but hopefully they'll have it under control. Um, other news and notes. There was an argument today with, I guess, I think it was Derek Holland was like sitting in the stands talking shit to the umpire. He gets ejected and the manager and the, the, the umpire, they're about to argue. And like right as they get close to each other, they just stop to put on their masks like the umpires. It was fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> like I think when, when people like in 20 years, when people were like, oh, we're sports like in 2020, I think they'll just show that video. It's like this is what they were like. Baseball in the age of COVID. Yep. Really? And then another, just real quick news and notes, because G's just texted us this like 10 minutes ago. The Mets are losing 14-1 to the Braves in the bottom of the eighth inning on Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, it's bad. Oh my God. Yeah, so. How far? The mighty have fallen, right? Former Cy Young Award winner, Rick Porcello. Yeah, man. One of the, like one of, the, one of the best Cy Young Award winners ever, too. Um, well, guys, let's <laughs> wrap up the show with uh, previewing the Philly series, huh? Yep. So the Yanks play Phillies four games, two in Philly, two in New York. They're not in. They're not at the stadium until Wednesday. The Phillies, not exactly the start to the year they were looking for. They just dropped two or three to the Marlins. Um, they let up. Their bullpen was just absolutely terrible today. They let up, I think, like eight or nine runs. So, yeah, I, pitching's not great for the Phillies, but they do have some hitters. Uh, including a guy who uh, very near and dear to our hearts still, D.D. Gregorius. He had two home runs this weekend, opening weekend. Um, obviously, have Harper, McCutcheon, Real Muto. They have a solid guard, Hoskins. Solid lineup, Jay Bruce still kicking around. I can't believe Jay Bruce is still in the league. Yeah, it's Cole should pitch Tuesday. Um, guys, what, what are we thinking? Uh, Four-game set against the Phils. Just drop the series to the Marlins. So if we lose any more than two games to them, it's season over, right? <laughs> That's how it goes. I'm feeling confident. You'd like to go and at worst split the four games, but I mean, I'm we're, we're gonna get another another cold start. So That's nice. Um, I'm excited Hap, to see Hap starting Monday. I, I was. Yeah, I'm excited to start. see Hap finally. I'm sure, if it was Gumby or Hap. Take the mound. Well, they they said Montgomery's probably slotted to pitch Wednesday, which would be the mm-hmm. home opener. 
Uh, and then, I mean, maybe they they go Paxton again on on Thursday, and I think he would get that'd be on regular rest, right? For him, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, he so, threw one inning and in, or fucking yeah, forty pitches, so that's like true. regular rest or whatever, that's fine. He just needs to work his shit out. Like, so I mean, unless they they deem that he's got to go, you know, he's got. I mean, you can't. Again, I don't know the rules with this weird 30 man roster and the satellite roster. Like, can you option someone with that much service time off for, for additional work or, or does it uh, apply as if it would to a normal 25 man roster where you, you I can't mean, is he at the level of service time where he can refuse an assignment? Yeah. He's a pending free agent next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, unless he was actually injured and they needed to do that whole thing, he's unless they could fake not, an injury. Yeah. And just, I mean, but then what's the, not going anywhere. Like what's the, the IL gonna, is it 10 games again this year? Or is it 15? I yeah, think it's it 10 games. 15. Oh, they did put it back to 15, I think. Yeah, uh, dude, this, I mean, th- there's so much shit different this year. It's, it, I'm yeah, just so and, and the 60 so day, IL, 45 day IL this year. If, just... Look, if they, if they, if this is one start, you know, it sucks that he pitched as badly as he did, but like, if it, if it happens again, like, you know, one or two or three more times, then you start to be concerned, like, hey, because at that point, it'd be like, you know, almost a month through the season but i mean you know matt blake and everyone hoped that they just work it out but like he pitched one inning so he better be able to go out there and pitch you know next time around yeah that'd be nice um <laughs> <laughs> the phillies are scheduled to go with arietta Eflin, nola and wheeler so phillies have a solid starting rotation their bullpen's just awful they have a really Aaron bad nola, yeah and they're pretty damn good yeah yeah Wheeler could, could toss a gem, you know, when he wants to. But I mean, four went out, four went out for Didi because I love the man. I hope he yeah. hits a whole bunch of home runs this year, just not for the next four games. <laughs> like I hope he hits a home run every. I hope game. he gets massively, massively paid next year, but not for the next four games. <laughs> like really, the Phillies are a team that like they look good on paper, but it's just something like they're. The Phillies are top heavy. They have a lot of big names on their team, but you look at that roster, top to bottom, there's just a lot of weak links on there. Like a, a lot. Hey, they even have Disco Neal on their team off coming off the bench. So <laughs> watch out for that guy, right? Um, Wheeler had a really good first start. Went seven innings, five hits, one run. Nola, not so much. Not so much. But guys, any uh any final thoughts? Thanks. Uh, I mean, it's a Joe Girardi coach team, so I think you know they'll be yep, you know, not, ready to play. There'll be uh, lots of stuff about you know emotions and things like that that probably don't matter as it relates to you know playing your old manager. But like, it's, it's a Joe Girardi managed team, and they'll probably be ready to play and they'll play some close games. But I think the Yankees should win the series or at least win two of them. You know what I'm really not excited for for the first two games of the series? Just watching the Philly fanatic be an idiot in the stands. Like, you know that's going to happen multiple times. Uh, not a big well, Philly fanatic. I feel guy. bad for people in mascot suits. One, because I've worn one and it sucks. But two, mascots going and just doing wacky shit in the stands with no fans is just <laughs> weird. And that yeah. sucks. Like, that's just so strange. Yeah. What, you know. what was he was he doing it for the past few few well, he, games? There, I just saw like a clip where he was like behind home plate, like trying to pump up the cardboard cutouts. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. That's funny. I mean, it, was, it was funny, but I'm just saying. It's, I know he stands he on the dugout a lot, right? Or is that just in between innings? Yeah, you can't have that during live games. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. terrible news out of Philadelphia today. The Philly fanatic got hit in the face by a line drive. Like. <laughs> I mean, um, you guys see Boone almost got impaled by what was it, Trey Turner last night? Yeah, Threw the bat and it went like right at him. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was scary. Cool. Yeah, that guy Trey Turner is really fast. Just just a thought. <laughs> that ball he beat out today, I couldn't believe it. Guy's a fast human. Um yeah, I think that'll just about do it for us. Uh it's great to have baseball back. First series of the year, first series win. Always feels good. Um I don't think I don't think the Yankees have an off day for like two weeks i think they have like what 14 15 straight days of games obviously rainouts permitting you know there's always one of those it seems like per week but yeah yankees got a loaded schedule coming up man no off days which is life in the northeast yep uh four games against the phillies three against the red sox three against the o's 
and then four against the Rays before an off. The next off day is scheduled for August 10th. So we're going to be busy. We're going to be coming out with a lot of content. What's, what else more is there to say other than baseball's back and it feels goddamn good. So, guys, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Baseball's back. Baseball. Gee, I mean, gee, Baseball. took the words right out of my mouth, man. That's incredible. Baseball's back. Well, for Luigi, for G, for Andrew, this was the Bronx Bar and Battle Podcast. And we'll see you guys next time.